On a Sabbath, Jesus went to dine at the home of one of the leading Pharisees. And the people there were observing him carefully. He told a parable to those who had, it, who had been invited, noticing how they were choosing the places of honor at the table. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not recline at table in the place of honor. A more distinguished guest than you may have been invited by him. And the host who invited both of you may approach you and say, give your place to this man. And then you would proceed with embarrassment to take the lowest place. Rather, when you are invited, go and take the lowest place so that when the host comes to you, he may say, my friend, move up to a higher position. Then you will enjoy the esteem of your companions at the table. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he said to the host who invited him, when you hold a lunch or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your wealthy neighbors in case they may invite you back and you have repayment. Rather, when you hold a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Blessed indeed will you be because of their inability to repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The Gospel of the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Just a, a quick disclosure to you. I, I'm not going to be preaching on the readings uh, this weekend, but rather speaking to you about a Marian consecration. A Marian consecration that's going to be a diocesan-wide uh, thing, an event, and our parish will begin preparation for this uh, starting this Wednesday. So the Diocese of Phoenix was established on December the 2nd in 1969, broke away from the Diocese of Tucson, and it was created by Pope Paul VI. Our diocese is comprised of 43,967 square miles and includes counties of Maricopa, Mojave, Yavapai, Coconino, and also the Gila River Indian Reservation within Penal County. When the Diocese of Phoenix was established in 1969, the Catholic population numbered around 180,000. There were 51 parishes. Today, those numbers have drastically changed, and there are an estimated 1.2 million registered Catholics living in the diocese and just shy of 100 parishes. The beginning of the Catholic Church in Arizona can be traced all the way back to the year 1539, 
47 years after Columbus discovered America. A Franciscan friar named Marcos de Nisa traveled up through the Gulf of California into a northern territory which had never been explored. He planted a cross on the land and named it the New Kingdom of St. Francis. As a result, Padre Marcos de Nisa is considered the discoverer of Arizona and New Mexico. This year marks the 50th anniversary of our diocese. It is our golden anniversary. And in celebrating this, Bishop Olmsted has declared this to be a jubilee year of the family. And he has asked that every parish in the diocese be consecrated to Jesus through the Blessed Mother Mary. In addition, he has asked every Catholic family to also consecrate themselves and their homes to Jesus through a Marian consecration. This is why I'm speaking with you today uh, at all the masses to encourage you to take this step. Why consecrate to Jesus through Mary? St. Pope John Paul II had this to say on that question when he preached a homily at Fatima. And I quote, consecrating ourselves to Mary means accepting her help to offer ourselves and the whole of mankind to him who is holy, infinitely holy. It means accepting her help by having recourse to her motherly heart, which beneath the cross was opened to love for every human being, for the whole world. In order to offer the world, the individual human being, mankind as a whole, and all the nations to him who is simply, who is infinitely holy. End of the quotation. Many of you re will remember the miracle that occurred at Fatima, where the Blessed Mother asked that the Holy Father consecrate Russia and indeed the world to her Immaculate Heart. In speaking about the miracle of Fatima, which occurred during a time of great distress, Bishop Olmsted had these words to say. Many people had lost hope in God's love and refused to believe that God is with us. Into that world, God sent a sign. He sent the Blessed Virgin Mary to the three children in Fatima, a message of hope for them all, a message to help them in, to believe firmly in the merciful love of God, in the victorious cross of Christ, in Jesus' incarnation and birth, the fountain of dignity and hope for all the human family." End the quotation. One of Our Lady of Fatima's requests was the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart. Its primary purpose was not only the conversion of Russia or the prevention of wars and other calamities, but to draw all mankind back to God. In fact, the key message of our Blessed Mother repeatedly was in incessantly was to pray the rosary and to do penance for the conversion of sinners. Thus the meaning and the purpose of Our Lady of Fatima's apparitions, the salvation of souls and an urgent call to holiness. Like the threats that humanity faced a century ago when Our Lady appeared in Fatima, today our world is plagued with an aggressive secularism and materialism that aim to exclude God from our lives, where blasphemy, religious indifference, and enslavement to the addictions of alcohol, drugs, or pornography, 
prolif proliferate in the hearts of many peoples. In short, in these uncertain times, Our Lady's summons to return to God continue to be relevant even as it is countercultural. It reminds Christians of our baptismal call to holiness. During the third apparition at Fatima, Our Lady showed the three children a terrifying vision of hell and stressed the urgency to establish throughout the world consecration to her Immaculate Heart, promising that God, uh, through it, would restore peace and many souls would be saved. But why are Marian devotions and consecrations to her Immaculate Heart effective instruments in bringing about a greater love for God and ultimately help each of us to reach eternal salvation? Consecration to Mary has been a traditional practice of the church for hundreds of years by individuals, religious orders, the laity, and the clergy. However, to understand this consecration is helpful first to recall the significant role that Mary plays in God's plan of salvation, and in light of that, to consider our own role and our own vocation. In his plan of salvation, God does not simply redeem man, leaving us only a passive role. Rather, he calls us to collaborate in the work of redemption and to be a mutual help to one another. God has given Mary the most singular and significant role among his children, the mission of being the mother of all believers. As Mary stood at the foot of the cross, Jesus said, woman, behold your son. And to the disciple whom he loved, standing next to the Blessed Mother, behold your mother. Mary's mission is to assist all Christians in their spiritual birth and in their need to be fed and nurtured with grace so as to grow into the full stature of Christ. Mary also has an especially important role in fighting and combating Satan and other demons. When Adam and Eve had first sinned, God cursed Satan, declaring, On your belly you shall crawl, and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. Mary is, in fact, the woman destined to crush the head of the proud serpent. A few years ago, I had the opportunity of meeting Father Barmonte, an Italian priest who is now the chief exorcist of Rome. He succeeded Father Amort, if any of you know of him. And he had just published a new book called The Role of Mary in Exorcism. And he declared that the Blessed Mother appeared in every exorcism he ever did. And so he, he wrote this book about how powerful uh, the role of Mary is to crush the head of the demons. Unfortunately, that book is only available in Italian, so sorry. The word consecration means to set aside for an exclusive purpose. For example, the chalice used in the Holy Mass is consecrated. It is solely dedicated to containing the blood of Christ and nothing else. In a similar way, consecration to Mary means exclusively allowing our Blessed Mother to accomplish her mission within us. Placing ourselves totally at Mary's disposition, we give our consent for her to mold us, to change our way of thinking, our actions and our words, our hearts, even our sentiments, into the likeness of her Son. It's important to remember that Mary was conceived without original sin 
and she never committed a single sin in her whole life. In fact, there is absolutely nothing in Mary's whole life that was displeasing to God. And so she is the best possible spiritual director that we could have. When we consecrate ourselves to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, we are placing ourselves and our families under Our Lady's protection and her guidance. At the same time, we're collaborating with her through our prayers, sacrifices, and merits from good works to save souls, including our own. This is the reason why St. Louis de Montfort affirmed that the consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary is the safest, easiest, shortest, and most perfect way of approaching Jesus, her son. Bishop Olmsted, in speaking about our Marian consecration to Jesus through Mary, had this to say. Along with this diocesan consecration, I also encourage our priests to consecrate their parishes and our families to consecrate their homes to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Through this consecration, I pray that our diocese will grow in our love for Jesus through Mary and steadfastly commit to intentional discipleship and evangelization, that people's faith may be strengthened in these uncertain times, and that there be a renewed vitality for loving and serving others, especially those in most need. Every day we witness the spread of human suffering and of evils that threaten us personally, but especially the family. Now more than ever, consecration to the Immaculate Heart of Mary is meaningful and necessary. Marian consecration always leads to a fuller consecration to Jesus, the fount of infinite holiness, whose love is more powerful than evil. Together as sisters and brothers, let us walk this pathway to Mary, our mother, thanking her for her unique love and praying through her intercession for the grace of perseverance in faith until the glorious day of fulfillment in Christ." End quote. And so what are we doing as a parish? We're going to follow the Marian um, consecration called 33 Days for Morning Glory. Uh, this was uh, a consecration written by Father Michael Gately, who is a Marian of the Immaculate Conception Priest. He published this as an updated version of the consecration of St. Louis de Montfort. It includes readings and reflections, and especially the insights of three contemporary saints, Maximilian Kolbe, uh, St. Teresa of Calcutta, and St. John Paul II. It is optional, but recommended to say a daily rosary as well. And so that's leading up to the consecration. For 33 days, we'll have a short reading uh, from the life of one of those saints, a reflection, and then uh, the optional uh, rosary. After 33 days, the parish will, I will uh, do a consecration of the parish to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and those of you who would like to participate can consecrate yourselves or your homes, your families to the Blessed Mother. And so in preparation for this, I've ordered 500 copies of his books, and I think we've already sold 200. Uh, because of the number that I ordered, we got the price way down, so it's like $3 for a copy of the book and $5 for two. Uh, these are available in our bookshop and also at tables outside of Mass, especially speaking to all the fathers who are here today. As spiritual heads of your families, 
Bishop Olmsted and I ask that you consider leading the family reading and reflection and the consecration to our Blessed Mother. In union with our bishop's request, I invite you to begin this consecration, this preparation starting this Wednesday, September the 4th. So if you get a copy of 33 Days of Morning Glory, we'll begin uh, uh, just in our own homes, not a, a big public event, but just in your own homes. Start doing the readings and the reflection starting this Wednesday. And then Monday, October the 7th, we'll do the consecration after the morning mass, and also in the evening we'll repeat it at an evening mass. May the Lord bless each of you, and may Our Lady's care for us, strengthen us to be intentional disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.